0: Welcome to the Diego and Divorce Show, where we talk about all things wrestling. From yesterday, today, and forever. Today, strap in and enjoy as we talk to Mad Max Morrison. Mad Max, welcome aboard, and thank you for joining us on the Diego and Divorce Show.
1: My brothers, my dudes. Oh, Thank you for having me on. You can keep that track running. That thing's a banger. I can, I can move my head to that thing.
0: appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, Diego, are you with us, my brother?
1: I'm with you guys. I'm happy to be here.
2: I'm glad Max is here, too. I haven't seen him for a good little while.
1: God, I think it was uh, Denwey was last time we'd all seen each other, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're absolutely. Of, we're kind of hoping that happens this year again, but we'll see how that phasing goes with the COVID and all, but, you know, this is better than nothing.
1: I can only imagine, though, with uh, being like an outdoor thing that they could eventually start opening that up. Because, I mean, over here in Maryland, they're starting to open up outdoor seating at, like, all these different places. And as long as everybody's doing the social distancing, you can totally do it at a show. Just don't put any seats down. Have standing room only.
0: Well, from what I understand from our wonderful governor over here, uh, they're looking at entering Phase 3, which will allow us to run events. Uh, sometime in late August Early September
2: Oh good It yeah, gives a little time So,
0: Yep we'll see how it goes Well it, It's a thing where you, you kind of learn As you go and speaking of learning as you go Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast But we're kind of intimidated On how to do it Well I'm here to tell you today that Anchor Is the platform that you want to start your podcast on Anchor is the easiest platform that we've ever seen to come along for podcasting. You go to anchor.fm, you click the button, you you open up your account, and as little as one, two, three, you're up and going. They even give you sponsorships to go along with your podcast and get it off the ground. I mean, hell, it can't be any more easier than that. So once again, go to anchor.fm, open up your account, and start the podcast of your dreams do it now once again that's anchor fm and open up your podcast today
2: speaking of one two three we appreciate that as wrestlers so do you ever put your alarm for one one twenty three and kick out on two or is that
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I lay there too long man I've been jobbing too long <laughs>
2: I've been counting license since nineteen ninety three brother we talking
1: about Amen. Amen to that. And thank you for paving the way for jabronis like me to come out here and try to make something of myself.
2: Oh, no. You're far exceeded anything we've ever done, brother. I've seen you out there. Um, future looks bright for you, brother. So don't, don't stop doing it. Go out there and do it, man. Kick everybody's ass and balls. Do it.
1: Just all the balls. Just punching bags. Let's go.
0: Yeah, do the, do the old testicle speed bag thing so mad max morrison start. let's start from the beginning man um tell us how you got into the business what made you want to be a wrestler and how did you get in it
1: so i guess the easy way to tell this story is uh i've always been a wrestling fan or at least i got into it probably in my early teens i had a boy scout leader that would always have wrestling on and the kids had the figures so i got hooked on to like Sting in the road warriors like st- super early and then um The new generation of WWF and Attitude Era and WCW came through, and that's when I really got hot onto it. And then uh, I fell in love with ECW and FMW over in Japan and started doing this tape trading with a bunch of my pals. So ever since then, I've just been hooked. And then uh, I guess it was about I turned 30. Yeah, it was like 2014 it was my 30th birthday i literally just graduated college and then three months later i met Hold on, who,
0: hold on hold on hold on third, what? you're 30
1: i was 30 when i started
0: no kidding in 2014 dude, you, know, you know what father time has been very nice to you
1: uh dude man partying's been good to me i think i'm one of those like weird science experiments you know like ozzy and keith richards i have a feeling you know i ain't gonna crack for a while but you know we hope that it stays that way. <laughs> but uh, uh, yes. we got a secret. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, party, 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 party. Um, but yeah, I graduated college, got my degree. And then um, three months later, I met a guy at a flea market and he was running a school and invited me along. And I tried it out and I fell in love with it. But then I got hurt like three months in and um, I almost quit. I almost quit because I was just like, I don't know if I can do this because I was I was out of shape. I was a rock and roll cliche. I was like, man, I ain't been athletic in years. So I don't know if this shit's for me. Mm. But, so you
0: graduated from college. What college did you go to, and what did what did you get your degree in?
1: So I went to ECPI University, and I got my associates in electronics engineering technology. Which wow. I mm. do, which I do have a job in that field currently.
0: Not good it, for you.
1: I I had to make something of myself, man. I got tired of manual labor, so I went and got me a smart guy job.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You last longer that way.
1: Who are you telling, brother? I was tired of diving through, uh, because I spent seven and a half years as a commercial window cleaner, man. I was diving through bushes, hanging off ladders, hanging off buildings, man. I was tired of it. (laughs) But I had a wicked tan. Don't blame me. I had a wicked tan, though. (laughs) But, um, yeah, they talked me into sticking with it, and I'm glad I did because within that first year or so, I I was wrestling for SPW in Virginia Beach under uh, Mark Anthony, and then um, I started venturing off into North Carolina, working for Next Evolution Wrestling, and then a bunch of places out in Carolina. And then I got hooked up with Damian Wayne from uh, NWA fame, and he's a legend in my area, and he picked up me and my partner uh the relentless Rock Richards. We were a tag team for a while called Noise Pollution. You guys remember Noise Pollution. Hell, you had a hand in Absolutely. helping get us up and rolling, which I'll forever be grateful for. And um, I just kept it rolling. I've just kept it rolling because the fun part about me and wrestling, just like it was with me and rock and roll, is like I got goals and stuff I want to do, but at the end of the day, I have no end game, man. So I'm I'm here to party and whatever comes up comes up and <laughs> can't get disappointed if you ain't got expectations you know so i'm just letting shit roll (laughs) well
0: with that being said being a promoter um i gotta tell you from day one when diego and i first laid eyes on you as noise pollution the first thing i that i noticed was you were different you and rock had that that tangible it factor that Nobody you know it's something that can't be taught it's it's not something you either have it or you don't, and that was the first thing that I noticed right off the bat, and you know with what was going on at that era, you know Diego and i I wanted to do more with you, and so did Diego, but uh, when you're when you're working in in a situation where you're not in total control, it's hard to do that, but definitely the first thing that I noticed right off the bat was that you guys had that it factor. And for any promoters out there, if you're not booking Mad Max, you're missing out on one hell of a talent and one hell of a guy. You've always been very easy to do business with, and you've never been a headache ever. And that says a lot about you as a person, as well as an entertainer.
1: Thank you, sir. Definitely appreciate that. Cause you know, I, I try, man. I, I grew up, for, I grew up in a family of business people. We've all been entrepreneurs, you know, so it's just you, you, you do business and you treat it as seriously as you're going to do it. So I've always held that tight with me. I, I always ran my music business that way. Uh, I help my folks business that way and I run my wrestling that way. I take it seriously, but I have as much fun with it as possible, you know.
0: Well, and and that attitude right there is why you ended up doing what you just did with the you know your opportunity with the WWE, and I hope that pans out, and I hope that you you make that next step and don't look back and run with that ball.
1: That was a fun opportunity too, man. It's um, it, it's really funny about the wrestling business because you guys know very much more so than I do, but I'm finding out myself. It's very much. One, it's not what you know, but who you know, but also what you know counts because if you present yourself as non, uh, you know, if, you, if you're if you not giving people a hard time and you're treat, taking your stuff seriously and present yourself a certain way, then people are going to look at you a certain way because, you know, you are the mere reflection of your first impression. So,
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, so I do my best just to go out there and try to do my business and make my impressions. And yeah, I know, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a little bit of a little bit of a partyer and whatnot. But at the same time, man, I'm always doing business and I try to do it the best I can. I try to do it the right way because that's what I was taught. It's what's in my blood.
0: Well, partying has always been an aspect of the business. But like I said, you've always conducted yourself, number one, as a businessman. And then when business is over, you went and did your partying, which has never been an issue or a problem. But you've always conducted yourself very professionally, and you being backstage at WWE, you know you're one of the few people uh, that got to see just how this business is really ran, and it's a it's a completely different animal than what's on the indies.
1: It it, you're not wrong, you're not wrong at all, and it was it was kind of a mind blowing experience because. Ironically enough, it's very much like the indies, but like way more organized and put together and just, well, I mean, way more people in suits, but just the way everything operates and how tight the ship was and to be able to actually sit around and listen to these producers, like doing the things they do. And I got to, you know be a fly on the wall for the inner workings and got to pick a couple brains while I was back there and shook a couple of very important hands. And even the boss man himself said hello to me and some of the other guys and girls that were there. So that was a, uh, you know, I call that a solid win, you know, Vince gives a shit enough to say, Hey, how's it going? You know, uh-huh. cool. Chalk that off it. on the list.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. You know, people give the old man a hard time, but, uh, I've, I've, uh, dealt with him on a couple of occasions and he's always been very generous with his time and just the way that he conducts himself because you know you sit there and think about a guy that's worth billions and billions and billions of dollars most people think that he wouldn't give the time of day for somebody that's on the very bottom rung of the ladder but I didn't find that to be the case you know he walked up was very welcoming very warm and and took that actual time to listen which is rare and it's a beautiful thing
1: well, I would imagine you'd have to think that a guy like that, he would have to be a people person to have been successful for as long as he has, with as many people as he has to employ, and has come in and out those doors forever, you know.
0: Cause, Absolutely. Uh,
1: that's a uh, that's a that's a sign of a successful person right there. If you can, if you can be busy and still be good and still care about what you're dealing with, then you're gonna do fine. <laughs> Ah,
0: but he's gonna kill the business, brother. <laughs>
1: Dude, it's it's sad to say, but the the business has had a pin in it for a hot while now, brother. <laughs> well,
0: you know what? But you know, here's the thing: is is a lot of people don't understand how this industry works. This industry goes through the peaks and the valleys every seven to ten years, mm-hmm. and what that is is the the generation that's watching it gets tired of it. And you go into the the valley until the new generation turns it on one day and goes, "Oh, holy shit, what is this?" And then they get interested in it, and it's a revival. You know, you had it in the eighties, you had it in the nineties, and now you've seen it in the new millennia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just it's a repetitive thing, and it's nothing that's ever going to change. But I digress. Back to you. You were talking about how you first got in the business.
1: Um. Yeah. Like I said, I started off as a tag team. We did the noise pollution thing for a while. Spent about three years on that. Did a bunch of touring with Wayne. He got us nice and seasoned. And uh, and then um, I think it was like what, like a year or two ago? You guys probably remember better than I do because I was running my mouth hard. But uh, I decided to strike it out on my own. And uh,
0: that's now was that a hard decision for you to
1: make? No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. <laughs> no uh luckily I'm versatile man i can um I love tagging I love my partner it's been a good t- good fun time but you know at the same time you got try you gotta try to uh see what else you're capable of too and that was at a point where I felt like I was getting a lot more comfortable as a uh, as a talent and just getting out there and doing certain things. So I was like, you know what I've seen so many cats come through and I've seen so many cats that i I know i could i could I know I could be one of these guys. So I, I had to test myself, and I really wanted to. And, you know, it was h- the hard part was getting people to listen to my voice when I was putting my hand up saying, I want the ball, I want to run with it, and getting people to actually trust me to do it. But then once I, finally, once I got in there and people saw what I was able to produce, and, I mean, honest, hey, humble, it was rough and it's been rough but over the last year or so i feel like it's starting to smooth out and my body of work starting to look a lot better and it's getting a better response so i think it was the right it was the right decision and uh things are looking good my way i feel like
0: absolutely
2: so with that being said because i know so career-wise when you started wrestling i mean everybody knows damian wayne he's He's, I'm going to call him, he's an indie superstar. Yeah. And the man has a mind for wrestling. He eats it. He drinks it. He sleeps it. And you know what else? Everything he does with it. So, when you, when you first branched out and you started going to, I mean, to lack of a better words different territories, different federations, because mm. I know you've gone, you know, all the way up to Pennsylvania, probably Jersey and, and those areas. Um, the fans expect more but different. Whereas depending if you work in Virginia, you know you got that southern style, or in Carolina's a little more relaxed, mm. but once you go past that to Maryland to Pennsylvania, it's a whole different animal, so you have to reinvent the way you did things down here. so what's your experience with that?
1: I felt like for me personally, I almost had to reinvent the wheel for myself a little bit. It was almost like um it's almost like this story I heard new. Neil Pert talked about from Rush years ago. I was, he had said that um, when he was teaching himself how to play drums left-handed, he completely like blocked out of his mind how to play righty, and started playing left. And then he had to reteach himself how to play right, so then he could do ambidextrous and run both sides of his brain like doing completely different things. I kind of feel like I had to do that when I moved up to Maryland to start wrestling more north because south, you know, you have a certain style and a way of doing things, and I was trained that way, and that was, you know, it's good because it works. It's never going to go out of style. But then when you go up north, they want a little more, and I've always kind of view myself as a character, and because um, I, not not just Max, but me, the guy. It's just always had been character. So I was like, well, how can I, how can I compete with all this flip to do and all this crazy stuff they want up there? So I was like, well, let me go ahead and branch the character out, and that's what I did. So going up to like, I've been up to Rhode Island, I've been to Massachusetts, I've been all up and down the East Coast. So going further north, I was able to like really sink my teeth in and develop my character, which actually I was able to uh blend into my old school work rate, and now. Uh, Especially with this downtime, I've been act. I've, I've had some really good coaches online that I've been following that have really given my brain some exercises. And then uh, I've been wrestling in an undisclosed location the last few weeks, filming matches. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like when the shows come back, it's um, you're gonna see you're gonna see a different Max. It, it, but that's the cool thing is that it's like an evolved. It's like an evolved form because it's taken everything that i had learned originally and then taking things i learned up there and now actually having a time away from the grind to actually melt it together on this like mad max pizza so i can get the cheese to smooth out before you know everybody gets to take a bite of this you know what i mean, well,
2: I mean you have to evolve or you'll die evolve or die
1: Uh, For sure, and that's where a lot of, and that's where I feel a lot of people hang tight too long and just stay still because they're not willing to evolve or they hang on to something for too long. And that's you can't do that in entertainment. Period. Sports, entertainment, anything. That's I mean, shoot, guys, you you follow me online? I'm I'm constantly posting up something new, even if it's even if it's close to the same, but it's just like a little different. It takes just a little bit to get to pick somebody's interest man and that's all you got to do is just it's just a series of peaks and keeping people interested it's like getting their attention just to keep them keep them tuned in and that's what i try to do man
0: well one of the things that you found especially in the past year was you opened up yourself to be mad max and that's what really resonated with the crowd was you stopped trying to be Mad Max and you just became Mad Max. You embraced, I don't, I don't want to say you embraced your character, you just embraced who you are and you stopped trying to be the forced character, you just became Mad Max. And that was the difference maker and, and you saw it in Orange and other, other cities you went to. When you just went out there and became Mad Max, the response that you got was overwhelming. I mean, back in Orange, you know, the deputy—we had deputy sheriffs there because people were going to come fucking shoot you.
1: They were not
0: shit that you were doing.
1: They were not happy at all, man. They were. (laughs) And
0: and that, and and that's what I—that's what I say. I go back to when I first saw you with your partner you guys had that it factor and the only thing you guys were missing was embracing who you were and 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 not trying to be something you weren't just being yourself and turning the volume all the way up to 25 and blowing the speakers out
1: thank you for that you I feel like when I was trying too hard dude I was I was not happy i uh I was actually starting to fall out of love with wrestling because I was trying too hard and I noticed it, like shit wasn't working and it just it was kind of miserable and then I don't know because i drive I drive to towns by myself since I moved away from Virginia I don't have like a bunch of road partners or stuff anymore, so I'm just sitting around and all i all I have is like me and my thoughts and uh I don't know there was like there was like a series of road trips where all I did was sit in my head and I was like, dude. I'm getting kind of fed up with this. I'm just going to go out there and be me and see what happens. Cause Max is me. I am him and we are us. And it took me a very long time to realize that. So like, when what- that's the
0: hardest thing for a talent to understand and learn, you know, you, I'm sure you heard it a million times over, in, you know, in the course of your career the the most successful people are the ones that just went out there and became themselves. You know, Steve Austin was just Steve Austin with the volume turned all the way up. You know, uh, Triple H is just Triple H, just the volume turned all the way up. And guys don't, they don't get that. They still try to live that that fantasy character rather than, you know, what you wear and the background or, or, you know, whatever gimmick you're using with that. It's just an extension of who you are instead of concentrating on who you are being that guy, whether you're you're a party animal dick or you're the uber baby face.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's something I talk to guys about often, too, especially like young guys coming up or guys that seem to be struggling. Like I'll talk to them and be like, well, why the fuck should these people care? What about you? are you doing to get them to even connect? Because I see what you're doing. You're doing great work, but what's your character? Like, that's the first thing I ask people nowadays is, what's your character? What's your deal? And if you can't tell me a story, you sure as hell ain't telling the crowd no damn story because they ain't going to give a shit. And that's what I realized, too. If you ain't out there telling a story, it's, dude, because, I mean, the wrestling, the wrestling is only like this much of it. It's only like that. Did much. you
0: get asked that? Did you get asked that at the big company? What's that? Tell me about your character. Tell me about you.
1: Uh, Mike Quackenbush asked me about that once. And he actually sparked the idea in my brain to really put my backstory together. And my backstory is a mirror of the journey I've been through up to this point. Because i ever if if you know if you know me or have heard me dude i was in music for 16 some odd years i was in music for a long time i was rock star before i came wrestler and i got kind of i got kind of leached out of music because i was too much i was too much for clubs i was too much for my bandmates i was too much for everything i was too much for my own damn self so once i got into wrestling it's like all right cool now i can crank it up and that's what you're getting that and that's my story that's the story of mad max mad max mad max has always been me but like you said crank that crank that fucker up to like 25 that's what max is is because i maxed out my personality i max out everything the fuck i do that's why i'm max i'm mad because i'm different i'm crazy in a sense not so much that i'm just nuts it's just i've got a different perception of the world because of what i've been through and it's not anything anybody else can grasp or understand i ain't angry i just look at things way different than everybody else that's all
0: absolutely mad max is the guy that the music industry said what the fuck
1: They told me to kick rocks, so I got in pro wrestling. They said, come on, brother. Let's go. (laughs) But that's what I ask. That's what I ask the young kids when I go to training classes. When I go coach, they'll ask me and be like, what do I do? Be like, well, what are you doing with yourself? Tell me your story. If they can't do that, then keep thinking. Because Otherwise, if I if I'm not interested, I don't think anybody else would be.
2: No, I mean, because we were talking about earlier, you're turned up to twenty five. So some people they think in three dimensions, but you're in fourth dimension. You broke that barrier. And that's something that very few people understand. That you gotta break out of that box, think outside the box. Don't stay in that box because you're gonna rot away. You gotta evolve. That we talked about earlier. well that box! It's I like I don't know if you guys got that all there I have a little bit of a connection issue, but yeah.
1: No, I heard you. That box, it's like okay. Schrodinger's cat, man. Where if you uh, you don't know you have a cat in the box, and you don't know if it's alive or dead until you open it. Well, why don't you poke a couple holes in it and uh, see? Take take a peek, see. You know? Nobody yeah. ever thought. Nobody and, ever and, thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you know, and
2: we talked about because you were in the music industry for a long time, right? Yeah. And and we're locked, we're lagging here. And we talk about so you and I we're in the same type of music. You know, we, we love that kind of shit. We love metal, we are metal. We,
1: so we're sharing records back and think forth meant- like all the time.
2: That's true. I mean, think of like, like Metallica or Megadeth. They were not your standard thrash bands. No, These things were monster musicians. They, they, they thought outside the box. Four-dimensional four thrash music. So that's what we're talking about here. The same thing with wrestling. Evolve or Die. Now their band died. They kept going. They're going about 40 years now or something like that. So Max can go years and years doing what he's doing. Keeps well, getting better and better.
1: Well, if you want to use like a music analogy, I... A band I can really compare myself to, if you want to think about it. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but there's this band from Australia called 12-Foot Ninja. You familiar? They mix so many different styles. They'll go from this heavy, chuggy breakdown into a bossa nova, into a salsa beat, into another chuggy breakdown, into a catchy hook, into a rap song, back into a... Back into a uh, chuggy breakdown into a reggae beat before they lay the groove down with a fat double bass all in the same song. That's, that's max. That's, that's, that's my train of thought. It's all over the place.
0: So max, let me ask you a question.
1: So no,
2: no, beautiful. That's a, that's a beautiful analogy you got there, man. I mean, you got to offer the fans more than that twelve dollar ticket. You want to make them feel like you pay thirty five bucks or more. That's the quality you got to bring to the to the fans.
1: What'd you want to ask the boy?
0: Going back to the wrestling aspect of this, um, tell me about your first match. Do you remember your first match? Who you worked and how it went.
1: So, the first match I ever worked publicly was at a Hampton Rose Tattoo Festival in Hampton, Virginia. It was against Irvin Legend, and me and him had been training together like when I first started. Like, I trained with Irvin for probably about two, three years. And um, it went well. I came out to Pantera. I wore one of my old band t shirts. People loved it, and it was surreal. Oh, we danced around. It was it was it was a cluster, but when I got out of it, it felt unreal. But then my first match, actually like at a wrestling show, was against Joe King, and that was a little that was kind of surreal too because he put me through a pace I was I wasn't familiar with because I didn't train for, I didn't train for him, but goes to show after wrestling those two guys and then going on and wrestling all these other people. That's when my mind started opening up because you, you, you you're you going to wrestle somebody different all the time. But yeah, I was wrestling Joe King and I was wrestling Irvin legend and a bunch mm-hmm. of guys that came from a uh, SPW area.
0: So, you remember your first match and it was, it is what it is as most people's is Mm. tell me about, tell me about your best match and your worst match. And don't worry about naming names. It is what it is.
1: So as far as some of my best matches, I had a few early on that were super entertaining. If you don't mind, I'll go down like a little bitty list and give you a reason why. Go ahead. So, Early on, me and Rock used to work at this place in Carolina called Gouge, and it's a comedy spot. All gimmicks, all the time. We used to wrestle these cats, the Airtime Rockers. Those guys, we always had fun with those dudes. Every time I went to Carolina, I would wrestle at one promotion or another. I was wrestling Seymour Snot. The, the geek with the physique. Ah, the tremendous ult- talent. The ultimate mathlete. I love Seymour Snot to death, dude. Me and him have had some let bangers. Me you,
0: let me tell you a little <laughs> ditty about Seymour Snot.
1: Please do, because I love that guy I, I to don't, death.
0: I don't remember where we were, but we were backstage, and I was standing next to Seymour Snot, and we were standing there at the curtain, and uh, we were waiting for whatever match was going on, and I looked over at Seymour and he had this weird fucking look on his face. And I was like, What are you doing? And he goes, Look down. He had pulled his junk out and he'd stuck it through the curtain. And he was wiggling it at the people out there. And I was like, Dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> That's Seymour Snot in a nutshell.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, you know, in a nutshell, all right. <laughs> no
0: pun intended.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's incredible. I'll ask him about that. I had a I had a bandmate that I I'm best friends with still to this day. When I used to play in this band on Hinge, he would do that too, because he'd get so wasted on jagermeister He'd pull his he'd pull his dick out while pe- while like our mates were playing on stage, he'd just scream and be like, yo! And then he'd be like, look down and his dick be right there. They're playing the guitar and be like, oh <laughs> we all we all did that shit though. Oh my god! But I digress. (laughs) I love Seymour. I got an I got an education from Otto Schwanz, man, because I wrestled Otto Schwanz, uh, Bo Dup from TNA and WWE. I wrestled I wrestled him for quite a few months. I got a lot of uh, education from him. Some other favorites was uh,
0: Otto's a tremendous talent.
1: uh, He's incredible. He really helped me out, like when I was starting up i mean he he beat the shit out of me dude first time i wrestled him i was in a i was in a uh battle royal and wayne goes he, wayne looks at me and rock and goes i need one of you guys to fight Otto, it's gonna be you and he pointed at me and goes all right cool and i get in there and Otto beat the shit out of me i was like okay <laughs> i survived so i guess i'm doing all right <laughs> if you
0: walked away with all your bones unbroken, you did good.
1: Yeah, but I've had a lot of fun ones, man. I know some of my more recent fun ones. Um, I did a match with uh, Damian Wayne. That was fun. We did that last year at VCW. I had. Uh,
0: it's funny you mention that because I just I actually just peeped that a couple of weeks ago. And I, I, I even I, as soon as I got through watching it, I called Diego and I said, holy shit, dude. I said, we need to book this match. And I said, you know what? If, I don't care what other people say about Damian Wayne or Mad Max. That match, minute for minute, was old school. It was entertaining. It told a story. And it was amazing to watch that match happen in today's realm of wrestling because you don't see that kind of work happening today because it's all about the 50 foot backflips and the hurricane run is off the top rope through the glass and all that other shit. Mm -hmm. You guys went out there and and it actually reminded me of Terry Funk. Uh, Terry Funk versus oh, Oh, God, who was it? It's escaping me now. You know, mad cow sucks. But I was watching a match. It was Terry Funk and I think it was um God, what was his name?
1: It wasn't Brody,
0: Bro- what? No, it wasn't Brody. I want to say it was uh Brockwinkle, maybe? Oh,
1: Brockwinkle. I mean just I think it was you're talking story. you're talking about that one from the seventies, wasn't it? Yes. And, I know. you
0: know, for what it was, today it's still holds up because that match was so fucking brutal and and what you what you and him did almost mirrored it because before I watched that match I, I I've I know who Damian Wayne was but I wasn't a I wasn't on the Damian Wayne train per se after I got through with that match I was like Jesus Christ That is the match that people need to see on every single event. Because you guys walked out there, you told a story, it was simple, there was nothing overdone about it, you guys beat the shit out of each other, and that was, you know, you told the story and you were done with it. And people responded to it accordingly.
1: Thank you. It was one of my favorites. It was probably one of the most fun I've ever had because I got to fight one of my trainers. And it was um, four years after the fact, and I got to show him what I could do now, which was pretty incredible. And now we're actually uh, in a stable together in another promotion, which is really great too. Me, him, and Rock are a stable called the Lords of Chaos.
0: Yeah, I saw that. That's that's a pretty cool deal. So which which match was the stinker of all stinkers
1: oh my god um there was one I did at a company in wilson north carolina
0: i'm sorry <laughs>
2: <laughs> we've been there hundreds of times
1: been man.
0: there many times
2: man
1: you know, dude i love i love i love clyde to death man but holy shit holy shit you're talking about viper i did not fight viper it was at his promotion
0: danger zone entertainment
1: it was at danger zone i had um i had a really bad stinker there it was Who just I'm trying to remember because there was uh I re- I remember this kid just came off some bad heat because he had uh he him and another guy had fucked up uh vampire Mackay and his partner mm-hmm. and me and Rock goes there all the time and I just happened to be off and I was like, dude, I'll tag along. You know, it ain't my i f- I'll go. I need something to do this weekend and he And I'm like, man, I hope the fuck I don't get to work this guy. And then I get in there and Clyde comes up and he goes, You mind working this guy for me? And I goes, Yeah. (laughs) But you're going to pay me double. Let me tell you about Wilson, North Carolina.
0: Let me tell you about Wilson, North Carolina and Viper. (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're working for this company down there and we were on tour with easy Rider magazine. Oh boy. And dude, it was a hellacious fucking run. And we were in near in, uh, Wilson, North Carolina. We were there at whatever stadium biker stadium. And there was probably a uh, shit Diego. You got a better memory than I do. There was probably five or 6,000 bikers there.
2: It, it definitely wasn't an event. Say at least. Um, it was a circus and
0: I was working Clyde and, and it was a first it was a first match, the first event for the Easy Rider tour. And we went out there and we started working a regular wrestling match. And dude, no matter what we did, you heard crickets. I oh, don't know. Just absolute crickets. I mean, you you could power bomb me through a fucking table onto the ground and, and they were just sitting there with their hands in their pockets. And Clyde uh, Clyde had me in a rest hold and he said, shit, man, what's going on? What do we need to do? Razor. Yeah. And I said, well, shit, these are bikers. There's nothing that they haven't seen, much less done. It's pretty good. So we need to stop wrestling. We need to start fighting. So he threw me out of the ring. I hit the ground. He picked up a beer bottle and I said, fucking smack me in my head. So he broke the Budweiser bottle over my head and split me the fuck open and everybody went fucking crazy. And from there on out on every single tour we went on with the Easy Rider, that's what we had to do with some cracking bottles over each other's head. It was basically a a bar fight every single night. And Clyde looked at me and he goes, why the fuck are we doing this again? (laughs) I'm like, fucking money, shut up and hit me.
1: Oh my God, dude. I love Clyde Death, man. He's he's always been good to me. I don't have a single bad word to say about that guy. He definitely helped me. He definitely helped me come along. Gave me opportunities when I first started. You know, I actually want to go down there and fight him myself because I haven't done that yet. So I might have to do that.
0: Well, you know what? If you ever get the chance to work him, it's an easy night at the office, dude. That's what easy rock night.
1: That's what Rock says because he works him on the regular.
0: I, I will. We so, toured America on that tour, and I probably worked him, I don't know, 50 or 60 times. And I never walked away from that match going, shit, this sucks.
1: Okay. So you asked me about a stinker.
0: Stinker. So, Give it to me. The stinker of all stinkers.
1: I've got a stinker for you, but I'm going to lay it out. So me and Rock. <laughs> 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 here we go'
0: VC now, w- if this involve, if this involves Duke the dumpter Drosy, I need to know right now
1: nope but it does have WWE guys okay so me and me and Rock two years ago at VCW we fought uh Gangrel and Kevin Thorne for the tag titles and uh I dude. The trolls were in full effect in the front row, man. They're heckling heckling hard. Me and me and Kev are chaining. We're doing stuff. We're screwing around. And for some reason, Kev starts tickling me in my belly button because yeah, it's a little thicker <laughs> <laughs> now. <on, boy>. So <laughs> I I get out of a headlock, I reach around, and he, he, uh, he hey, he, hey, yeah, hey like, we are talking about yeah 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 oh trust me it gets better i get him in the rear i get him in the rear waist lock and i got my head on he goes brother jam a thumb up my ass and i goes what (laughs) you sure he goes do it man trust me so i went now wait
0: a minute wait a
1: minute wait a minute
0: did you just say he said jam your thumb up my ass
1: yeah are call. we
0: talking about Joey Ryan thumb up the ass?
1: No, we're talking about Mad Max's thumb up a vampire's ass.
0: Oh my god!
1: That's how you kill a vampire. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't Fuck turn. the heart, you, jam him in the ass. I'm surprised I didn't turn into one, dude. That dude's got buns of steel. Felt like he bit me. <laughs> 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 so he's
0: a great guy
1: oh dude so i just reared back and just right up in there no gimmick and he sold that shit for about two and a half minutes and all i had to do is just show my thumb to everybody I even went to gang girl I i even went to gang girl and goes you want some of that and it it stunk (laughs) Um,
0: now i gotta ask you've been in the business a while but does this does this correlate in any way shape or form with the equilibrium test
1: which equilibrium test because we might be we might be thinking different ones is that still a thing so
2: diego
0: go ahead and school him on the Equilibrium test.
2: Is it, why has it got to be me, man? I mean, you, you, brought, the, you brought that up. So the that, equilibrium that's, that's a Vladimir, cool.
1: Vladimir Koloff deal. Well, dude, I'm like yeah. a sixth generation Koloff, so please school me.
0: So the equilibrium test is, oh, God, we're going to get fucking heat over this.
1: Who cares?
0: So the equilibrium test is <laughs> you, ha- you have the newbie, the green boy. You go stand him against a wall with his shoulder against a wall. You have his arm down against a wall. He sticks his finger on the wall. You take a sharpie and you draw a circle around his finger. And he takes three steps away from the wall. And what you do, the setup for it is you go, Hey, man, I need to make sure your equilibrium's okay. Because if you pick me up for a suplex or a body slam, I need to know that you're not going to drop me on my fucking head. And so he takes his three big steps. He closes. He looks at the circle that you drew the the circle around a finger on the wall. He points at it, and he takes the three steps back, and he points a finger in the circle. If the finger touches the circle, the equilibrium's okay. So oh Jesus! You do all that. You line him up. He closes his eyes, and as soon as he closes his eyes, somebody steps in front of that circle, and they drop tround, spread cheek. Now, when he steps through, they're normally about to the second before it, they it, realize it, is, they're it, in it,
1: somebody's is, asshole. Is that the Ricky Morton jam? Yep.
2: <laughs> I stand corrected. I th- they're, they're usually
1: I have, up to I, the second
0: before they realize they're in somebody's ass.
1: I have heard of this, oh, but I have not experienced that myself, luckily.
0: Well... I'm here to tell you that the equilibrium test is real and I did it to somebody and I ain't going to name any names to protect the innocent. But after that, uh, equilibrium test, they left the company and never was seen again.
1: Well, it's just a finger in the ass, man. They act like it's the end of the world. Jesus.
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) Where where'd you learn to work kid? (laughs)
0: But in, in today's world, that would not fly.
2: Oh, you get all sorts, all sorts of hate on the on the Facebook and soy emojis with sad faces. So you
1: know, can't have it, dude. I, I mean, I really enjoy what I'm doing in wrestling now, but I really feel like I, I, I feel like I should have been in maybe like 10, 15 years ago. I ain't even gonna lie to you because I think that would have been way more fun. I mean, it's fun oh, what we're the, it's fun what we're doing now. I th- I honestly think I I would have got I think I would have done well like in the old school. I don't know. I could. Yes, be...
0: you would have. You would have really thrived in the '90s. You really would have. <sighs> and, and that being said, the the damnedest thing is is uh, when I got into this business and Bill e. D took me under his wing and groomed me, he said the same thing to me. He said, "Kid, if you'd have been alive." and you'd have been working during the 80s, you'd have made a shit ton of money.
1: Yo, so how about that match with you and Bobby Uh
0: Starr? Really, man? Which one? (laughs) Oh, my God. Really,
1: you prick? (laughs)
2: Is this the one on Nitro or the one on Saturday Night versus the, uh, what is his name was, the traffic cone guy? Uh, What's his name?
0: uh, Uh, Roadblock. Roadblock. My bad.
1: Yeah, that was Ron Fuller, wasn't
0: now, it? Now you know what, yeah. Now you know what, uh, you know. All things being equal, Bob, Bob and I, we, we had our problems in the past, but you know, we buried the hatchet, and I'm friends with Bob now. And looking back, I can laugh at all of that. And it, you know, at the end of the day, that particular match that you're talking about, it, it was surreal because I was originally born in Colorado. So that match with Nitro was held in Denver, Colorado at the Pepsi Arena
2: It oh, cool.
0: held 27,000 and some change. And so to go back to my hometown and walk out there at 27,000 and some change it was it was surreal. And I hope I hope that in the near future that Mad Max gets that opportunity to walk out there and feel that because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity
1: uh i can only imagine i'd certainly appreciate that dude i've only gotten to know bob Starr in the last like year or two but in that last year or two actually yeah it's been about it'll be a year come like august that i met bob Starr, like now july and um he's been nothing but cool to me he took me under his wing and he's schooled me on a whole bunch of stuff man i love me some bob Starr. he's cool
0: Bob is the fountain of knowledge.
1: You ain't lying. And that's one guy. And, and
0: you know the interesting thing about Bob Starr?
1: What's that? Oh, he yeah. is
0: the only he is the only worker, and I shit you not. He is the only worker during the Monday Night Wars that was allowed to work for WCW and WWF at the same time. How? How? I don't know. You have to ask Bob, but he, he worked for WCW and Vince during the Monday Night War era, and he drew no heat from either company.
1: Well, because he's a professional. I mean, he went out well, there and he did his job. He
0: didn't, draw, he didn't draw any heat for working for the, the competition. and And I got to give him credit. He's one of the only guys that I know of. As a matter of fact, I think he's the only one that was able to work for Vince and Ted at the same time. Wow. And draw a paycheck as a talent, mind you. Because there were other people that worked for both companies. But as an on-air talent, he was the only person to work for both companies simultaneously. And draw paychecks from both of them during that era.
1: That's incredible. I'm going to ask him about that.
0: It is some crazy times, man.
1: I really wish I was around like 10, 15 years sooner. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're gonna row together, Yeah,
1: we're going to row together, have fun. Oh, dude, I probably would have drank you under a table, man.
2: So
0: uh, I see you drinking the, the drink that you're drinking. Tell me about that drink.
1: All right, so this is like a brand new thing, and I'm breaking the exclusive y'all. well, now. So I've been, you know, because Mad Max has been, you know, working on his brand and stuff. Well, I got hit up by um, Rep Sports. And now I have a proud partnership with Ray's Energy Drinks. What flavor is that one? This one's called Apollo, which it doesn't taste like Apollo. (laughs) Anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got to ask, Max, how do you know how (laughs) Apollo tastes?
1: How do you know what Apollo tastes? Um, I know
0: you said you're <laughs> the one that said it. It doesn't taste like Apollo, so how do you know?
2: It's in the stars.
0: Uh huh. Well, I got. Well, we just we they, just went from family entertainment to X-rated.
1: And all it took was one drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. Well, they sent me a whole um, box. They sent me a whole box of gimmicks, dude. I got I got a fucking what is this thing? It's a cup a koozie. I got a drawstring bag i got a damn t-shirt i got stickers got a lot of swag i got a bunch of swag and then i've got all of the workout supplements all of the workout supplements i got stuff to help you sleep stuff to keep you up stuff to get your wiener hard
2: you got the uh, the elvis special in there
0: sounds like you know what time it is max speaking of time oh no speaking and speaking of time Diego, you're a connoisseur of watches, just like I am. What's your favorite brand of watches?
2: You know, I will admit, I do have a problem—not one that I want to find a cure for. By the way, (laughs) if you're thinking about which which watches we're talking about, you know, Invicta seems like a very fine watch company, sir. In fact, I believe you're you're wearing one right now. Tell, the, tell I our am. guests about it. Yeah, tell our viewers, well, listeners, actually, about it.
0: Well, Invicta is the finest of watchmakers out there. You know, uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, choices you can make for watches, but Invicta is the watch that you want to go with. If you're a man's man and you want a man's man watch, Invicta is a place you need to go. And where to get them is Invictastores.com. Go to Invictastores.com. They even have a sale right now that are gift sets for dad. So if you if you're a dad and you really want that watch, go to InvictaStores.com. Look at the watches, find the one that you want. Show it to your wife. Show it to your kids. You know you want that watch. Invicta watches are must have for dads during this season. And you know what? We're all sitting around in this lockdown, the COVID nineteen. Everybody's buying shit online. Why not buy an Invicta watch? It'll make you feel good. So once again, go to InvictaStores.com and get that watch that you've always wanted.
1: Dude, Diego's dying. What hey. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's what
2: I'm saying.
1: Diego, it looks like I'm
0: show
2: an... your Invicta watch. Well, I'm not wearing it this time, but I've, I've, I'm seeing that Apollo guy, that got a little an spillage over Invicta there.
0: Watch, Mike's. <laughs>
2: Look
1: at that Invicta so, watch, baby. That's a beautiful thing, man. So Big Bang and suck it. That's a good watch. There you go. There you go. That's sweet. That's a that's a man's watch. That looks like that looks like you could lead your men out of the uh, out of like the Bermuda Triangle. Put that thing in the uh, you can work a boat with that thing. That's mm-hmm. crazy. That's huge. That's
2: amazing. That's,
1: that's a good watch.
2: Not, but oops. Oh, here we go. Old style. Yeah. So what, what happened over there, man? We're all your swag lose, blew up. We're
0: going to lose that sponsor.
2: <laughs> Good job, episode two. What a jerk. I hate oh, myself.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so what's really kind of crazy, dude, is for some reason I've been getting hit up by all the supplement companies lately, and they're like, Mad Max, please partner with us and do our stuff. Like, get our stuff out there. And this is like... Dude, this, this, this Rep Sports people, the, the Ray's Energy Drink, they're the first one to actually like send me stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to talk about them and, uh, until the other people start sending me things. It's a money yeah. saver, man. You're helping the company as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you go to repsports.com and you put in Mad Max, Double D, Double X at uh, checkout, you get 15% off. So anything going there? I tried the Sleep Aid. They have this uh, thing called Hypersleep. Because, dude, my my sleep sucks, dude, because my brain don't shut up. So I did a little bit of this last night, man, just right at the snooter. It was incredible. It was, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I drank it. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> but no, it was, it was a good rested sleep. It's like an amino acid when you fall asleep. Like, it, it's got melatonin, it's like an amino acid, it's a little bit of a fat burner, and um, it does trick, man. I enjoyed it. It was a good time. Fell asleep watching Jaws. That was a good time.
0: Fantastic movie.
1: Ah, oh, dude, for sure. And I just like downloaded this game called Maneater, which is basically an RPG where you're a shark, and you just run around and tear up, tear up everything and evolve your shark. It's kind of neat.
2: Just in time for Shark Week so just in
0: time for sure so max what's in your immediate
1: future okay so immediate future as you can tell got the new banner all this stuff so i'm gonna pimp that here shortly right now um as i said earlier in the program i've been wrestling in undisclosed location for the last few weeks we've been filming matches for a couple different companies i'm working for I just did my first episode for Grimm's Toy Show on YouTube uh, last week, and they released the episode yesterday. 24 hours, and it's got 22,000 views on it.
2: Very Tremendous. impressive. Yes. 24
1: hours, it's got 22-some-odd thousand views. It's a lot of fun. I'll sen- I think I sent you guys the video. Um,
0: so, so if I'm, boys uh, and girls want to get some Mad Max gear, where can they go to get your gear?
1: Go to www.madmaxmorrison.com double d double x. There's a link to my pro wrestling t store. You can get all your shirts there. Um, I have a big cartel shop. There's a link there as well. Seriously, the Mad Max Morrison website. It has a link to everything. You want to know my profile? It's there. You want to know my wrestling history? It's there. You want to see my mas- my uh, matches? It's there. You want to see music? that I've done, you want to see movies I'm working on, it's all there, Daddy. What's it, what's that address again? MadmaxMorrison.com. Double D double Mad F-
0: Max dot com.
1: Yep. W. MadmaxMorrison. I'm still
0: wait I'm still waiting on my t-shirt, by the way.
1: Um Pro dot com, Daddy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no free shipping for you.
0: <laughs> oh, by the way, that UCW shirt I gave you, I need $19.99 plus shipping.
1: <laughs> yeah, take it out of my hot dog.
0: Oh no. <laughs> you did not go there with hot,
2: now a hot dog. Now we know. So with that, hey, Max, Matt, you, you're the man. I miss you, brother. You know, hope to see you soon. Before twenty twenty one.
1: We gotta so. get we gotta get this thing up and running, dude. Cause I know I know I'm sitting here fuming, just chomping at the bit, because I've got that gold rush just burning a hole in my pocket, dude. I'm ready to cash that sucker in. Do well, it.
0: We're gonna make it happen. And with that being said, it, yes, like sir. I said, this whole thing has been a learning experience. And if you've ever wanted to do your podcast, Anchor is a platform to do it. So, if you want to be the podcast star you've always dreamt about, go to anchor.fm, open up your account, and as little as one, two, three clicks, you can open up your own podcast. They do everything. Nice Elvira boobs, by the way. Anchor.fm, open up your account. They do everything for you. They they even give you sponsorships to help you get your podcast started. And they put you on platforms immediately. That's something that other platforms don't do. You can listen to it on Spotify and other platforms. So once again, go to anchor.fm, open up your account, and in one, two, three, you can have your podcast going right now. Be the star you've always wanted to be on anchor.fm mad max i want to thank you for being our guest at this time this was a wonderful journey and i hope that we can do another episode because there's a lot more we need to touch on
1: i appreciate you guys having me on you know i love working with you guys we're pretty much a family at this point Absolutely. And, um, all you got to do is hit me up, dude. I'm always down to do a show. I'm always down talking around my mouth.
0: All right. Well, Diego.
1: Yeah, man. Flex the
0: golden got, pipes and take got, it home. Look, we got number two in the can. You can't ask for more than that, can you?
2: That's usually where it goes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Somehow or another, I, I truly believe that the FCC is going to shut us down. <laughs>
2: It's the internet, man. It all goes.
0: All right. Well, thank you once again, Mad Max Morrison, for joining us. Once again, this was the DeVore and Diego show. Thank you for being a part of this. Listen to us on Spotify, anchor.fm. Have a wonderful night. Buckle in, strap up. Stay safe. You all have a good time.